Welcome to Peeves' Gab Fest, a chapter-by-chapter page-to-screen analysis of the Harry Potter series. I'm Sarah Day. I'm James. And I'm Meeks. And today we are doing something really fun and we are gabbing about how we see or want to see the Sorcerer's Stone or Philosopher's Stone um, breaking down into season one of the Max show. Before we start, a little reminder, we will be using our vast knowledge of the Wizarding World to compare the page to the screen, and we may gap about moments that happen later in the books or the films. So, you've been warned, Dickle Firsties. But first, a message from the Daily Prophet. No one wants to wait hours for a potion to brew. Ditch the cauldron and order a Blendjet 2 portable blender today. Sure to get you invited to Slughorn's parties, the Blendjet 2 makes blending so easy and convenient. Blendjet 2 is portable, so you can blend up your potions even while riding a broomstick. It's small enough to fit in your cloak, but powerful enough to blast through tough ingredients like frozen fruit and lacewing flies with ease. Blendjet 2 is whisper quiet, so you can make your morning potion without waking up the whole common room. Lasts for 15 plus blends and recharges quickly via USB-C. That, that's a muggle contraption. Best of all, Blendjet 2 cleans itself. Just blend water with a drop of soap and you're good to go. I really want to get the black one and add the Hufflepuff logo. Yes. Yeah. And I want a blue one so that it'll match, well, Ravenclaw, but also my kitchen counters. that's like super important it's gotta match the kitchen counters it's nice and convenient if that can happen black goes with anything so i think i'm good yeah it's true well what are you waiting for go to blendjet.com and grab yours today and be sure to use the promo code gabfest12 to get 12 percent off your order and two free day shipping No other portable blender on the market comes close to the quality, power, and innovation of the Blendjet 2. They guarantee you'll love it or your money back. Blend anytime, anywhere with the Blendjet 2 portable blender. Go to Blendjet.com and use the code GABFEST12 to get 12% off your order and free two-day shipping. Shop today and get the best deal ever. back james what feedback do you have for us this week today's feedback comes from diane on facebook who says always my best and favorite quote of all the harry potter books and the biggest most important lesson in all the harry potter books as adults we know this is hard especially in these times it's good for kids to know it early too It takes a great deal of bravery to stand up to our enemies, but just as much to stand up to our friends. I therefore award 10 points to Mr. Neville Longbottom. This lesson isn't taught in many of our stories, if any. This is one reason I think these books are epic. So I I find that very fitting that we got that feedback right as we finished uh, the book. Yeah, of course. It's a really great line, and she's right, especially in this these times uh, when there's so much like division. It's hard to talk about 
some of those topics. So especially with people you consider your friends. Exactly. Right. Yeah. You kind of get intimidated by them because you still want them to like you and all this other stuff. But right. And um, I think that's why Harry Potter is still so popular today is because of all these lines that JK wrote um, that really mean so much. Um, one of my personal favorites is when Sirius is talking to the trio. Um, and he's like, if you want to know what a man is really like, take a look at how he treats his inferiors, not his equals. Um, and I think that's another really great line about, you know, viewing the world. Mm, definitely. Yes, I agree. I actually just, as you say that, that's funny because I actually just last night was watching the show Suits and they said that line. Not, well, they changed it a little bit different because it's not word for word. They didn't take it from Harry Potter, but um, they said that. And that's just really funny because that like happened to be in the episode that I watched last night. And now we're covering the now we're talking about, about it. it. Yeah, it's important. Yeah, it is important. Well, um, Meeks, what feedback do you have for us? I have some feedback for us from Sharon on Facebook and Sharon said, and I'm all caught up. Here are some of my thoughts on the chapter one timeline. The Potters were killed Monday night. The book starts on a Tuesday morning. Harry delivered to the Dursleys. Harry was delivered to the Dursleys on Tuesday night. I always felt like Harry was brought straight from his former crumbling home to the Dursleys, but there was actually a whole day here or there. Unless he was just chilling there by himself all day. <laughs> was Hagrid taking care of him for the whole day with what Hagrid says to Dumbledore? It doesn't seem like Dumbledore had seen him yet. I have to believe that Hagrid took him shortly after the destruction and was just caring yeah. for him. because They knew they wanted to drop him off at night. So Hagrid just had to care for him. He was probably mm -hmm. in one of his pockets. Well, I mean, because <laughs> Wait, it was a big event. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> it was a big event like it, it, it's not something you can just ignore and i'm sure sirius heard about it like really quickly and there was probably ways that they would have been alerted that something happened um well the spell because like the because I, from what i remember sirius like went there really quickly to see like if they were all okay and check up on harry and then hagrid arrived at the same time and Sirius was like, oh, let me take Harry. And Hagrid was like, no. And so I imagine they all got there pretty quickly. And so I imagine yeah. that the there must have been there must have been something that warns the other members like, hey, this happened to the to the Potters and this other stuff. Yeah. Um, I did do some light Googling on this because I think it's a really interesting point. Um, Harry Potter fandom.com says that the attack on Godric's Hollow took place on the 31st of October in, on Halloween in 1981, which was a Wednesday. And then when I went to just Google and typed in day of the week, 31st of October, 1981, it says Saturday. So. <laughs> okay. Um, and then... Does it say when Harry was delivered? No. Let's see if I can find that. I just hate to think that um, baby Harry is just chilling in the house by himself all day, crying. You know, Nobody 
care of him. I hadn't thought about this either um, because I think that I had the same headcanon where I just, where I guess I just didn't really like put two and two together. So Sharon, thank you for putting in this feedback because this is really interesting. But I guess now that I'm actually thinking about it, they probably took him to St. Mungo's, right? Oh, to get him checked out. They had to have. Had You're to right. Have. Yeah. Which is adorable, like well, little baby ward at St. Mungo's for little little witches and wizards. I guess that would explain like how almost everybody in the wizarding world knew about it so quickly. Mm-hmm. Was because the equivalent of like news articles would have been like, oh, there was an attack on the Potters, and Harry's the only one that survived, and the right. doctor, like the 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 wizard doctor, told us this information, and, and then. That would have made it spread like wildfire, I guess. I want all of this to be um, one of the like side episodes, <laughs> like explaining what happened, like going into detail of this timeline. I need these answers, Miss Rowling. Um, and then also because Dumbledore set the Fidelius charm, and that charm was broken when Voldemort. Um, broke the or did the curse so dumbledore i'm assuming would have known right away because his charm was broken right isn't that how that works i don't know because it's um no not serious uh pettigrew was the secret keeper so what happens like how long when he told Voldemort where they are like how is that when the spell breaks you know no because not even if he's the secret keeper, not even Dumbledore would know the secret keeper. Right. Because I think that's how the charm works, is that it's only between the secret keeper and... Well, no, the they, everybody are... thought it was Sirius, and then Sirius made P- Peter do it instead. But everybody still yeah. thought it was Sirius. So you, you do know who the secret keeper is. It's just the only person that can tell the secret is the secret keeper. Oh, uh, okay. No, you're right. But I don't think so, every, like I don't think anybody would know like I don't think it like like the charm doesn't break it only just it opens the eyes of the person who learns the secret mm-hmm. because the secret uh, the secret keeper or the Fidelius charm is still on Sirius Black's house and the only people that can see it are Harry uh, like Harry and the people who can't see it are is Harry Literally. who's getting there. And during Order of the Phoenix, but as soon as they tell Harry the secret, the the house shows up and boom, it's there. But that doesn't mean that anybody else can see it. Like nobody right. else is affected by the magic. Interesting. So then, yeah, some I don't know. I guess when the house is destroyed, the spell is destroyed. Yeah, that would make sense. Like, because the the charm is on the house, not the people. Wow, I mean, we can do a whole episode just on this. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you, Sharon. And um, if you are not in our Facebook group, please go join because Sharon shared many more thoughts uh, throughout the book. Um, but we are just going to – we're going to break it up little by little or have a feedback episode. <laughs> um, also – I do see on hplexicon.org, which from my understanding is pretty legit stuff. It's not like JK Rowling wrote it, but they have like, they're kind of like MuggleNet, you know, where they have some Mm -hmm. good info on there. And they actually have a whole page dedicated to one-year-old Harry is left on the Dursley's doorstep. And it's like going over the, um, 
the the real life dates or days of the weeks and stuff and so i'll have to share this with sharon yeah well um we'll do some more feedback but tonight we are here to talk about how we would like to see the show broken down the three of us did not compare or converse along the way we all did this on this on our own so this is the first time we're hearing each other's thoughts um we'll start by just kind of explaining how we structured it and then we'll go into the episodes one by one so uh james will go first and give his um structure and go into his episodes and then we'll do meeks and then we'll do myself so let's start with um james go ahead and let us know how you structured your season so <laughs> this was the hardest part to be honest <laughs> uh because i was like i had a few ideas go through my head and i was just like well because like originally i'm like every chapter has to be its own episode but after reading the book i realized that's probably not going to be feasible to do it that way uh because some chapters are super long and other chapters are super small uh and you probably wouldn't be able to fit as much in there um so having it be a 17 episode series probably wouldn't be the best idea but you know if they choose to do that i would not stop them just saying <laughs> um but uh the other the other direction was kind of maybe going for more of like a six episode format and have it be an hour like an hour each mm -hmm. uh, and have it be like more of a, just like a six hour type situation but i felt like that was um just more of like an extended movie it's just like two movies put into one so i didn't really feel like it would uh, i feel like that it wouldn't be able to fit as much in there as much as i wanted so i went with uh just two more and made it an eight episode series about <clears throat> about an hour 50 to a mi 50 minutes to an hour each and I feel like that would essentially take care of the three arcs uh, or the three acts, I mean, of the story in of itself, which is okay. Act One, Dursleys, um, you know, Harry with the Dursleys in the Muggle world finding out he's a wizard. Act Two, Life at Hogwarts. Act Three um, is discovering um, Lord Voldemort's plan and all that other stuff. So uh, essentially, I feel like. You can easily break that down. Well, I'm interested to see how you explain your season because you don't seem to have notes with you. <laughs> no, no, I didn't. Um, <laughs> um, well, Meeks, how did you structure your season? Um, I did 12 episodes. I um, also struggled at the beginning of this to think similar to what James said to like, like every chapter needs its own episode even though they they are different lengths and they have different amounts like um different depths of content i guess in them but i was like we need a lot of episodes to be able to really get everything and then i was like well maybe we'll do 10 episodes because i feel like 10 episodes has been for me for the shows that i've watched lately you know i feel like the um the way that shows are structured the past couple years or so i feel like the ones that are shorter than 10 episodes the show across the the spectrum of like types of genres of shows i feel like the ones that are shorter than 10 episodes might be fine but i still am always like left wanting 
hmm. more, you know what I mean? And then it's not really common anymore to do shows that are like the 24 episodes, like what used to be really common, especially for sitcoms. And so I think for me, I feel like 10 is a good sweet spot. So I was like, okay, I'm going to do 10. And then I started breaking it down and I ended up with 12 because I, you know, I just like, you could pack it in. We could do less than that. Like we, you know, we could, or they could do six episodes. They could do that. But I just feel like there's too much um, world building, like small little things that where they seem small, but they actually create such like a wonderful story that I don't think I just there's just so much that I think needs to be in there if we're gonna if we're gonna go all the if we're gonna redo this series and turn it into a tv show and give everyone more room to breathe I think that we need to um actually be able to do that so I ended up doing 12 episodes and I was thinking 40 to 60 ish minutes I think that the last episode is should be 60 minutes at the least. I think it actually should end up being longer. Um, And then a couple of the episodes I feel like might, might even go over 60 minutes uh, depending on what I put in there. Um, Some of them probably don't need to be a full 60 minutes. So I think that there can be some flexibility. And again, especially with streaming, we don't have to, (laughs) we, as if I'm managing this, (laughs) we don't have to stick with like the, um, the format that shows used to have to follow because they were on cable network television where they had to be 40, like it was like what, 44 minutes or something like that for an hour long show based on commercials. And, you know, we don't have to exactly follow that format anymore. So there's some more flexibility, I think, with being able to make some episodes longer, some episodes shorter, depending on what's in them. But, and then it was really hard for me to decide on, um, how comedic to make it or not so I put some notes in for like each of my episodes on like I guess what more of the focus is going to be or like how how I love that comedy they're they're allowed to add in there (laughs) so that's my overview it's really funny because um James is at eight right Mm -hmm. Meeks you're at 12 and I did go with 10 and I tried really hard and it was a bit difficult to go with 10. Um, It really was. But typically HBO shows, and I'm assuming Max is going to follow the same format, um, sit at 10 episodes. And there have been a few exceptions, but um, like Game of Thrones, House of Dragon, they were 10. um, So some of these bigger ones. And I really tried to follow that format um, just to – be as realistic as I could. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was a struggle to get these to fit in and get all the information that we want to see in these episodes. Um, but I did it. And I also included an end credit scene for each episode that I'm really excited oh about. Oh my goodness, I did too. <laughs> <laughs> see, I didn't go that detailed. <laughs> I oh I wanted to do Meeks reminded me before we started recording um talking about episode names and I'm like oh man I wanted to do that but I didn't I didn't have time or forgot or just was so excited yeah. about what I wrote that I forgot to do episode titles but I don't I, have I, titles either it's hard for I'm really bad at coming up with titles for stuff and like notoriously bad at it so it's very well difficult. James yeah. mentioned earlier probably just doing the titles of the chapters which is what I probably would have done 
as well. Um, and for the episodes that I combined chapters, I probably would have gone um, with the first chapter of what I combined or maybe what is the more important storyline. But we'll get we can get into that. Maybe I'll come up with my my episode titles as we go. But um, unless you guys have any more comments or questions, um, we can dive into our breakdowns. Nope. I think we're right, going to have thanks. plenty of questions later. Yeah. Hit us with episode one. All right. So episode one was actually probably one of one of the most difficult ones for me personally, because I really love the idea of having the entire episode be just chapter one. <laughs> But in order for in order for in order for somebody to make it an eight episode series, you got to make some sacrifices. And that definitely was one of them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but in an ideal world, I would want chapter one to be it's a completely like, entire thing. But <clears throat> in of itself, I really do think that we can have episode one start with Vernon Dursley, like it does in the book. I r- really do think that it needs to happen that way for sure. Um, but it's, it, it, instead of focusing on all of the things that are happening, it just is kind of Vernon Dursley going and driving to work, doing his little things. And then the odd little things start happening. Um, but we like, we get to pick, we'll, we'll, we'll get to pick and choose which, uh, which weird events he gets like he'll notice, but like we probably won't include all of them just for the sake of time. But by the end of like, by the end of like a five minute sequence, he's at home and talking to Petunia about what's going on and learning about Harry. Uh, they have their little tiff, they go to bed and he's just like, whatever. It probably was just this big misunderstanding. He falls asleep but that's when Dumbledore shows up and then it leaves the last 10 minutes of the first quarter of the episode for Dumbledore and McGonagall to kind of set up, uh, set up this entire thing because I want them to have that conversation. I want them to talk about that exposition. I want them to discuss what happened and let like the audience kind of figure out what's going on here. And what's, what's these weird, what is this weird magical world that we're, we're going into and maybe explain some of the events with, with Vernon Dursley that like happened earlier. Uh, and then I want Hagrid to show up and uh, be able to, and then have that conversation between the three of them and, and like have those little comedic bits that I talked about at the be like at the beginning and where like, you know, like the, the motorcycles coming in and it wakes, it startles Vernon Dursley a little bit and, uh, he maybe he opens his eyes a little bit and sees a flying motorcycle come down onto the thing, and he's just like, "Nope, I'm dreaming. Go back to sleep. That's stupid." Uh, you know, whatever, whatever, how it would work, but like, I just that need there needs to be that comic comedic relief uh, with the serious undertones. Um, but then we uh, then we leave Harry on the doorstep. Uh, and I, fi- I, I would find it very hilarious if it, it was kind of just backing out and we, you know, see the time speeding why with the music and maybe we could do the title reveal there. 15 minutes Ooh. is a very long time for the title reveal to happen. But, you know, I, I don't episode. necessarily. It's the first episode. No one cares. Um, mm-hmm. 
but then like have Aunt Petunia open the door to drop off her milk and then scream. And then it progresses into the next scene where we see the living room, uh, where we see the living room pass by with uh, through the ages, like the little montage of this Harry and Neville growing. Like it could be pictures on the frame or uh, it could be the actors speeding into the room and just growing over the years kind of scenario. But then it leads into what is chapter two essentially uh, and them discussing the zoo and the vanishing glass. And that becomes a good, the meat, the good meaty chunk of the episode um, to then lead into the last part of the episode. So chapter two would be 20 minutes and the last chapter would be 15 to 20 minutes. So this would be a little bit over an hour, um, which is fine. I think for the first episode, give us as much, you know, give us all the yeah. Harry Potter in the world. Um, but then the second, the second part and the ending part is the letters and he starts getting the letters and they all start trying to freak out and they see them drive away. Uh, and we end the episode when they arrive at the house, like we don't even see them go into the house. We don't even like, we just, they arrive at the house. We end the episode there. And I feel like that's a good ending because it's ominous and just like, where did the Dursleys take Harry? Like, oh my goodness, I feel bad for the boy. Um, and then we kind of see how that goes. All right. Yeah. I like, I like it. it. <laughs> For an eight episode season, I think that's a good way to combine the first couple chapters. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I would agree with that. All right. What happens next? <laughs> <laughs> so episode two begins with them walking into the the house and you get the like the just like oh like dirt um dudley you get dudley kind of going like dad's gone mad hasn't he kind of like kind of vibe and vernon dursley's all like happy because he's escaped the the evil letters and they go through the motions and you see uh you see them do that but then like harry's birthday approaches and we see harry kind of doing like that little pondering moment uh where he's trying to like do his countdown to his birthday but then you have the build up of of who's like coming in and originally like and how it's written in the book that's an end of a chapter but i figured since i'm condensing it a little bit um so that you know we uh since we're condensing it a little bit we can kind of uh, makes move some things around and i figured that that's actually a very good opening to an episode is just having this chill weird vibe of where we're at kind of scenario and then all of a sudden boom bang door falls down and you see this giant silhouette of a sh uh, of a giant walking through the door uh and it turns out to be hagrid and you're just like whoa and then you give hagrid a good 10 15 minute description with harry telling him he's a wizard and telling him about his parents and the interaction between him and the dursleys and just give that all you all all you can and then the rest of the episode is diagon alley like have us take us out of that depressive shack on the in the island and then just drive right into the world that Hagrid is introducing Harry into, uh, and see all of the magic, uh, see all of the magical wonderness of the world, and Harry discovering uh, the Gringotts Bank and delving into the Sorcerer's Stone and meeting Professor Quirrell, and like we have 
40, 40 or so minute, 40 or 45 minutes of just pure Diagon Alley. Harry gets to enjoy the wizarding world. We, we get to enjoy the wizarding world. We get to see some little extra things that they get, they get to add on that kind of scenario. Like it's just a full on, we are introduced from the measly muggle world, which was represented by the dreary uh, shack on the Island to this wonderful wizarding world, which is represented by Diagon Alley. And it was a good compare contrast kind of scenario for someone who just found out that they were a wizard. Uh, and it ends uh, with Harry or Hagrid dropping Harry back off at the Dursleys and saying, uh, Hey, make sure that here's your ticket and all this st- kind of stuff. And, uh, it's a little outside of what happens in the book, but it kind of builds that. It takes us back up, back to the Dursleys, which is the setup for the third episode, uh, which is still part of like the Dursley Act, essentially. So that's the end of, of the second episode. Nice. I can't wait for the Diagon Alley episode. I think the Diagon Alley. Oh, you're muted. I can't wait for it all. <laughs> <laughs> I think really, like, I feel like giving, like, I always felt like the Diagon Alley episode needed to have a lot of breathing room. So, like, even though we're, like, condensing it, I couldn't let myself condense the Diagon Alley episode. Because some people would have been like, why not just end with the train scene? But I feel like that's just... Uh, that's just taking away from the bulk of what the wizarding world is. Like we just introduced this whole entire world to you. Let's see all the little things just like Harry would be seeing them. Like Harry would want to like Harry would have all these questions and he would want to ask like what's going on. And I would honestly think that we would want to do the same thing. So why would we deprive ourselves of just jumping right into the Hogwarts express? Why not let that, why, why not let that, um, what's it called marinate a little bit and let us enjoy this new world. We just got introduced from uh, the muggle world and what the Dursleys represented and all that stuff. So that definitely was one of my favorite, one of my favorites. Yeah. That's going to be my favorite episodes to watch. I I think it's the Diagon Alley. They need to be able to do that. Right. So episode three is where we're going to lead into now. Uh, and that is Harry at the Dursley still. Uh, and summer's gone by and we can maybe fit a small little montage of Harry marking off mm-hmm. the calendar. Like maybe it's, or we could like see one his calendar and the days are getting marked off slowly. Uh, something like that. We could do something fun um, for the first little bit. But then we have Harry going down the stairs and saying, hey, could you take me to King's Cross Station? And, you know, the Dursleys are kind of just like, ha ha ha, King's Cross Station, like, why, like, why would we take you there after they, he explains like nine and three quarters mm-hmm. and like, oh, let's go see that. And they, they take him over there. It's part of the drive. They just drop him off. They leave him. He's all by himself. We meet the Weasleys uh, and we kind of just go through the entire chapter uh, bit by bit. And it's just Harry going from finally leaving the muggle world behind and exploring this new world in front of him. And we get introduced to all these characters and we can take a good chunk of time to kind of just see the, the platform and see all the people. And we can introduce a majority of the kid actors that are going to be playing all these new 
uh, new characters. Like mm-hmm. we don't even have to stick with just like Neville or Lee Jordan. Like we can just show almost um, everybody that's going to have a prominent role. And Harry's kind of just seeing them all interact with their families and stuff as he's hopping on board the train and sitting down and like seeing everybody in the platform. Uh, and we can kind of just see all that interaction. The train starts moving. He meets Ron and he meets Hermione and they have their conversations. And we kind of get like that good like trio vibe right at the beginning of the episode. Um, and then we experience uh, Malfoy and we, we kind of set up these relate like these future relationships that Harry's going to have the next coming episodes that are going to be very impactful uh, to him. And uh, it all goes that all goes through, and like basically the halfway ep- point of the episode is them going across the lake uh, and seeing Hogwarts and doing that iconic scene of just like seeing Hogwarts for the first time and having it be that little magical moment. I feel I feel I feel like having that be the halfway point of the episode is what would fit really well uh, because then the other half of the episode is the sorting hat and having them being sorted into their houses and Harry learning about school. And if we wanted to, we could even see like Harry's first day of school at the end of the episode. Um, But that's kind of still debatable. Like for me, I don't know if I want to like end with Harry kind of like smiling and being like, he's in a new place and he's excited or if I wanted to end like with Harry experiencing his first couple of classes or something like that. But for now, I just, uh, for now I decided it's easier to kind of just go in on the shorter end and have Harry go to bed and be happy and experience uh, the joy of this new life and this new thing. And then the episode ends there. And then the mm-hmm. beginning of the new episode is them entering into the Hogwarts life and experiencing all the classes and stuff. So that's episode three. All right. I mean, yeah, I'm so excited for all of these. Like, I can't wait to see them. Whichever one of us they take advice from, I can't wait to see it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we've got three stellar options, you know, eight episodes, 12 episodes and 10 episodes. True. I can make it longer. I can go to 18 episodes if they want. <laughs> make a completely like extra it, episode. <laughs> <laughs> this episode is for all the new stuff that wasn't written in the book. Mm-hmm. All of the things I want to be in there. Yes. All of my headcanon <laughs> and my site. Well, no, I just want a bunch of spinoffs too. Yeah, I, I went, I, there, we can do a whole other episode about all the spinoffs we want to do. Yeah. I want to see so many. I just want the world of Harry Potter to be so fleshed out. Yeah, I do too. So, episode four is Harry's first day of school. <laughs> Harry wakes up, he goes to, he gets his, like, he gets his schedule, he starts meeting his teachers. Uh, we can take a little bit to kind of introduce each teacher because that like we want an introduction to all of his teacher's classes and that leads into him meeting Snape for the first time officially in class and having that potion potions master chapter fit into there uh and he's kind of just like oh dang who's Snape and uh like what like what what's his gripe with me like oh, like why why do this to myself and then we fit uh, Madam Hooch's class in there and they try, uh, they do the flying thing and McGonagall discovers that he's really good at Quidditch and 
yeah so he he meets the he meets snape and and then they do the then they do the the flying of the thing and this all is happening in the same episode like you're just you're seeing hogwarts life being portrayed and it doesn't have to be like right after he meets snape he then goes off and flies in a broom like you can add a few additional scene like a few additional little things to show like time is progressing and passing by but essentially this whole episode is just hogwarts life and uh your you know episode four is just all about learning about hogwarts and harry learning about spells and magic and uh trying to get um used to all this new people and building the relationships and then it ends with uh then it ends with the midnight duel uh where we get like a good 10 sorry 15 to 20 minute if if that's allowed uh if that fits within the time frame uh 15 to 20 minutes of them going forward and doing this midnight duel and we get to see peeves be peeves and uh make it all crazy and then you know they all make it out alive go to go to bed next morning after they've discovered fluffy essentially so it ends with them all going to bed because they've discovered fluffy and now they're just like who is fluffy like what's going on and that like it leaves the it leaves the audience essentially with the question of like oh there's more going on than meets the eye uh, and harry's uh like detective detective mystery of who what's going like answering all these questions is going to begin with that episode and it will lead into the next one yeah it's so interesting how like already all of these are like so different i'm sure and sarah day i'm sure yours are going to be mm-hmm. so different too so well it's funny though because my episode four is also all about hogwarts life <laughs> but we'll get to that later <laughs> interesting interesting uh-huh. uh episode five is Halloween. Uh, it's kind, it kind of gives its own like little spin of, of things as, it's, as Halloween's its focus, essentially. Um, so we get Harry kind of doing a little bit more interaction with, with Malfoy and Ron. And he uh, gets his little Quidditch, uh, Quidditch package. So he, like, he gets the broom and he's super excited. Um, and so... Uh, like you have that little interaction, but then you go into, of course, the classic Ron and Hermione get into a fight. Hermione's not there for the rest of the day. Towards the end, the troll is like the climax of the film or the episode. I mean, uh, and the troll's kind of like the climax of the episode where Coral comes in. He says, "Troll, troll in the dungeon," and then Harry and Ron are going after the troll. Um, and then uh, they get befriended by Hermione kind of scenario. Uh, and I think that essentially could be the traditional Halloween episode in of itself. Uh, and it ends with, uh, it ends with just them being friends. And then that leads us into episode six, which is Quidditch. Uh, and of course that doesn't really need any explanation, I think, because that uh, in of itself just can fill a whole entire episode but i wanted to combine quidditch with a few elements um a few kind of like mystery elements of what's going on uh, like little tidbits and stuff i guess is like little tidbits of future um future episodes because this is episode six now 
I, and as much as I would love Quidditch to be an entire episode, I have two episodes left. So I had to make some substantial decisions in the sense that we, we got to kind of throw in some additional clues. So a few of the extra stuff of future chapters are coming in uh, from, from the other episodes uh to kind of add additional content into it so will quidditch be the entire episode no um but we will mix in some of that stuff because then that will lead into the mirror of erised now if i wanted to go into super detail about how that would work i would have but i feel like that's just that's like the outline of it yeah. Uh, if I really wanted to like make it detail for detail, I would make it work so that it still made sense. Mm -hmm. uh, because I know be the movie episode for our patrons. Yeah, I know, right? But essentially, I don't want them. I don't want to have it have episode six do what the movie did, where it took stuff from other chapters and put them in weird places. Right. Um, but I do know that there's content in future episodes that we can add into the Quidditch episode to still make it work. And then essentially that gives us episode seven is is the weird one. <laughs> um, <laughs> essentially, episode seven is the weird one because we get we get Christmas, and I really wanted like the mirror of Eris had to be its own episode. But obviously you can't fit that into an eight episode format. So I was like, crap, I have to make some sacrifices. Hmm. Um, so in, in relevance to all of that, the mirror of Eris is either going to be added on as an addition to episode six, or it's going to be the beginning of episode seven. But we get to cut down Christmas a lot, but we still we still get to enjoy Christmas. But then Christmas leads into the mirror, like Harry discovering the mirror of Erised and, and and kind of fitting that into that. But once we have that portion done, we move on to discovering who Nicholas Flamel is, which could be sprinkled into episode six a little bit. But essentially, Nicholas Flamel would happen, and then the the Flamel team discovered <laughs> what. Nicholas Flamel would happen. Yeah, because that's the title. That's the chapter title is Nicholas Flamel. I know, it so was Nicholas, just a, it like was the just events of Nicholas Flamel would happen. No, I know. It was just a funny way to like, <laughs> think about it. I see what you're doing, Meigs. I see. <laughs> um, so after the events of the of Nicholas Flamel chapter, we get the the rest of the, the dragon stuff. And so we see... Uh, we see Harry and Hermione discover Norbert, and we see them plan uh, how to get Norbert out of the, uh, out of the, or or maybe they discover Norbert in chapter in, in episode six. See, this is why it's weird because mm, I'm yeah. trying to cram a lot into one episode. a lot into two episodes, mm -hmm. essentially, but I'm trying to also make it so that it still has like a timeline order because I, so that we can get good chunks of information or good chunks of quality out of certain parts of the chapter, but also all the information that's relevant to the other chapter. So like I would be okay with Norbert being discovered in chapter six before he was ever discovered in the book. 
Yeah. Um, and then that like that passage of time, maybe Norbert is growing a little bit uh, during the events of these two episodes, like the like the Mirror of Erised, and then all of a sudden he's just too much to handle. They have to take him to. Uh, they have to take him to Charlie. They do the Charlie a little bit in somewhere in between this area, uh, somewhere in between this uh, area, uh, and then we lose Norbert. They get dis- they get discovered. They're uh, they're thrown into detention. Essentially, we're ending with the Forbidden Forest. Uh, so, Chapter Seven is the weird one because it's it it's the one that's meshing in sorry episode seven is the one that's meshing with episode six where we move around some of those elements but we make it work story-wise and realistic wise where we're still getting all of the beats that we need um but it's still making it an eventful it's still making it an eventful kind of scenario that's where there isn't it's like it does it's not acting like a filler episode it's still creating it's mm-hmm. the tension and it's still building up to the climax um so are you saying the forbidden forest stuff is going to be in episode eight like as part of your finale no forbidden oh, forest going, stuff is ending yeah is it's ending, ending at something. Okay, okay okay got it that's it's so essentially i need the title chapter titles the chapters of yeah, so the chapters of Nicholas Flamel, Norbert the Region Ridgeback, and the Forbidden Forest, elements of those chapters are being thrown into both Quidditch and the Mirror of Erised. But okay. after the, so the Mirror of Erised is like a good 20 minutes of the, episode seven, but then we lead into, um, we, mm-hmm. we lead into them trying to get Norbert out of the castle, and then we lead into the detention, and that's where that's where they get their detention and that's where they're they're going into the forbidden forest and the forbidden forest is like the last 20 minutes of the episode and once they've once they've discovered that um or once they feel like snape is going after the stone which is at the end of that episode uh we start off with their plan to go into um their their plan to go in after it and and fight all the trials and stuff. So, yeah, does that make sense? That's why I got a little weird. Essentially, <laughs> I, I started combining. Why is it hard to do seven... episodes? <laughs> well, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Is like if I could make episode eight episodes work, then I could feel fine with the idea that if they decide to go that route, then they could yeah. fit enough content in it. And essentially, as I was, as I was thinking about it, like you could like 20 minutes goes a long way. If you know how to like, if you know how to fill it right. And you're you, like, you're putting in the details and you're putting in the work and, and all that stuff. Like 20 minutes can have a lot of information is your, if you're doing it correctly. Mm-hmm. So I really yeah. don't think the loss of quality would, be too much is just the in if you lose the ability of doing it in timeline order according to what the book is which is why you would need somebody to make sure that you're grafting in certain points in future chapters in in areas that it makes sense mm-hmm. otherwise this plan wouldn't work uh so i feel like giving you know, having episode six and seven be a span of a couple of weeks, basically from Thanksgiving through the end of 
Christmas and all of that stuff yeah. or like past Christmas, like having it be like that three month period um, would be a little bit more believable in the sense like, though, that's what's going on. I feel like, but chapter or episode eight is going to be one of those more longer episodes. Uh, I I'm okay with episode one being super long and I'm okay with episode eight, uh, eight being super long. Cause you could throw it in as like, it's the season finale. See like the climax of Harry being like fighting against Voldemort, all this kind of stuff. Um, you can make it very dramatic. Uh, so essentially it would be a little bit more than an hour. Uh, I would say hour, hour, 10 minutes, even if it wanted to be, but you're going through all the tasks you're having Harry, like you're having Harry and Hermione and Ron, like figure out all the puzzles and just doing their little things and giving them all the details. But then, uh, you you know, that's like the first twenty minutes. The other, the other twenty minutes is the conversation between Quirrell, Harry, and Voldemort, and and discovering that. And then the last twenty to thirty minutes is Dumbledore uh, talking with Harry. Dumbledore uh, giving the points during the Hogwarts uh, House Cup and having them win the House Cup and then Harry going like the ride home and then ending with uh, ending with Harry smiling in the world of, uh, you know, it ends like I'd said in that last episode, it ends with Harry smiling in the car of the Dursleys because he knows he's going to have something in some place to go back after the summer's over. Um, So that's essentially what it is. So, it worked really well for the first little bit. <laughs> I feel like I would have to like really break down into super big details on how to justify episode six and seven and how that would work essentially. But I'm, I feel like I created a good outline in, in making like this, a realistic eight episode series. Would I stick with it? Probably like if somebody came to me and said, Hey, would you want to make an eight episode series of Harry Potter? I would probably go, can it be 10 episodes, please? Cause then I feel like I could flesh out a lot of the stuff that I was squishing a little bit more, but um, eight episodes is realistic. And to me, now that I've seen it play out and I've done the work essentially of outlining what the episodes would look like, if they go down that route, I know that they have the ability to do that. So, if they do it, do it and they do it well, I'll be happy and satisfied. If they do it and then do it not so well, I know they messed it up because I know that there was a way of being able to do it where it could still make sense within an eight hour period. Nice job, James. Yes. Good job. I don't think I have any um, questions or anything for you. I I do like how you did the first episode and Mm -hmm. um, I'm kind of reconsidering my first two episodes, but for the sake of the podcast, I'll keep what I have and I'll, I'll come back to that shortly, but good job. (laughs) I really like how you broke it down for, for being eight episodes. Like I definitely would not want to see it be eight episodes, not because of what you did wasn't great, but um, there's just, there's so much more content that I want to see fleshed out. So I'm hoping for at least 10 episodes. Agreed. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, I agree. I like the, um, the idea of having, um, as much content as possible. Yes. <laughs> Which is why you're at 12 episodes. <laughs> <laughs> no. 
So go ahead and tell us about your 12. Okay. So um, my first episode is literally just The Boy Who Lived. Um, and it's, it starts out with Vernon being totally unaware of something bad about to happen. And he's going about his day. And I want it to be funny of course um and you know have him basically the way that it's written that whole chapter like i think that there isn't much that needs to be modified in order for it to be on screen you know what i mean i think that there's just good moments in there you as the reader slash watcher will really understand like what Vernon is all about and like the way that he likes to live his life and then his shock at you know seeing people who are dressed in robes in July and or not in July wait a second wasn't he saying it was so hot outside I just realized this as I'm saying this it was July but they got killed in October No, Harry's birthday is July 31st. Yeah, but wasn't he saying in this chapter that it was so hot out? Or was that a different thing that I'm thinking of? I don't remember. Mm. I don't know. Do you know what I'm talking about, James? Yeah. I assumed that it was happening in July because it was like, he was like, why are they wearing robes at this time of day? There must be a different like moment that I'm thinking of where he talks about wearing the robes in the heat. Because, like, Maybe. literally, as I said that, I was like, wait a second, what happened? Um, okay, anyway. Well, and we can also ask um, Karen what the temperature is like in October. That's true. And, you know, the Brits have a different idea of the heat compared to what we have here because their weather is totally different. Uh, he couldn't help noticing that there seemed to be a lot of strangely dressed people about, people in cloaks. Mr. Jersley couldn't bear people who dressed in funny clothes. Um Okay, so I feel like we have to reread the whole chapter like very thoroughly to fully make sure that there's nothing about the heat. I must be just thinking of a different book and a different chapter. Vernon is seeing everyone dressing funny in his mind, you know, and he's just getting really, he's just getting kind of confused and he's feeling all judgy and stuff. And then he slowly starts to hear the Potter's names be whispered and things like that. So I like that progression of him having his very like structured normal life to getting weirded out. And then he comes home, talks with Petunia, blah, blah, blah. So I want to see all of that. And then obviously the dialogue between Dumbledore and McGonagall and Hagrid. And we talked about this in the episode when we covered the first chapter, but you know, they, they have this included in the film, but it's just kind of flat, you know, they cut out a lot of the dialogue and I want to see the whole dialogue, especially with Hagrid you know, bursting into tears and howling and stuff, you know, in the middle of the night. And so I want to see all of that. And then I also put this as a note. I can't decide if I actually want this to be in there or not, because maybe this would be better to like pepper in throughout the series as flashbacks, but I put in flashbacks of Harry's parents. Um, So I, I just couldn't really decide, but I do think that that would be good to have that in the series just at some point. And then for my end credit scene, I thought of, you know, Harry's scar, like suddenly waking him up when he's 10 years old or Voldemort doing something. Either one of those I thought would be kind of a cool um, end credit scene, you know, just short enough, obviously, to be a teaser and not give too much away, but be something that's like, ooh, dramatic. What does that mean? So that's my episode one. 
which I sadly don't have a title for, but I guess it could be The Boy Who Lived. I think that would probably be a good title. <laughs> I mean, can it be any called anything else? <laughs> no, I don't think it can. I don't think it can either, but I think that's a pretty good start. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. How how long are the episodes, essentially? 40 to 60 minutes. I think this one would be a sh- one of the shorter ones. I think it would probably be 40 minutes, but maybe not. Maybe this one would be 30 and... It would just be a shorter episode to, you know, and then some of the other ones would be longer. I like to keep things really flexible. And so I'm fine with like this one being shorter and then the other ones being a lot longer. I don't really care that much about that. Like when I'm watching a show, you know, some of the Marvel shows coming out, some of them are shorter within the same season. You know, some episodes are short, relatively speaking, and some are longer. And that never like really bothers me. So I don't really care if that's what happens with the Harry Potter ones. I don't think that max would actually do that i think that they will have it will be much more structured than what i'm proposing so these are my dreams this is not what i think max is actually (laughs) going to do (laughs) well that's what we're here for is to dream right um can you what was your end credit scene again um it was either harry's scar waking him up or this could be both i guess um harry's scar waking him up and like at 10 years old so he's a baby because that's what he is in the chapter. But then the end credit scene is like him waking up and he's 10 because of something dramatic, you know, a dream or Voldemort doing something or like maybe that combination Voldemort does something and then it it shows Harry waking up. And then so for episode two, I have the um, chapters two and three, the vanishing glass in the letters from no one. Um, The vanishing glass, though, I wrote on the cusp because I couldn't decide if we should put, um, I couldn't decide if my dream was to put like some of the montage, obviously there's montage of Harry (laughs) making his like little magic mistakes. And that, that first part of the vanishing glass where, you know, we just kind of get introduced. I couldn't decide if that should be within the first episode or not. So I put it on the cusp, but I ended up putting it in episode two. I could go either way. Um, So I put a montage of Harry making the magic mistakes and um, like turning his dying, his teacher's wig and then like ending up on the roof, all of those, all of those sorts of things. Um, And then more, more scenes of the Dursleys picking on Harry, because I think, again, that's really important for world building. And I think there's a lot of um, the way that JK Rowling writes it is funny, even though like, it's not funny that it's happening, of course, but the way that she writes like Harry's kind of internal monologue about it is funny. So I think that they would, I think that they'd be able to showcase that in the, um, in the TV show. And then yeah, of course, a longer um, zoo scene than what we had in the film in like, including Harry not being allowed by Petunia or, or Vernon, I think it was Petunia not allowing him to get the ice cream, but then mm-hmm. he, the woman gives him, what was it? The ice lock? lemon icicle or something or something. Um, so I want to see even that, like that level of detail, because again, I think it's really important for like really giving us a background on what it's like for Harry to live mm-hmm. with the Dursleys. And also it shows Harry's character for later on, like, because he's so good at in the heat of the moment when there's like a major issue happening, he's, he always keeps his cool. And it's because of, all of these moments where he's like constantly beaten down, but he doesn't take, he doesn't like turn it into being a bad kid. He just, he knows how to handle himself. Like he still has that confident in himself, confidence in himself. And he knows what he needs to do. And he knows what 
he knows what the right thing is to do. And it, every single time something like the Dursleys don't allow him to have ice cream kind of builds up that character. It's like add, like building a callus almost for Harry's personality. And so then later when he's faced with Voldemort, that's like a huge, huge deal. But he can handle something like that better than somebody who didn't grow up with a lot of hardship. So mm-hmm. um, and then the letters from no one. Another montage of Vernon spiraling out of control, searching for the hut, you know, them like driving around. um, And well, I guess before that, the eggs being passed through the kitchen window, like all of those sorts of details about um, getting all the letters and then Vernon freaking out and then having to go find the hut. And so they just do very small amounts of that in the film. I want to see like all of that really played out in the show and then ending with Hagrid knocking on the uh on the door just like they end the actual book chapter and then my end credit scene maybe something with Voldemort between Harry and Hagrid in their well I but like without showing Hagrid but something to do with because the next episode is all about Hagrid for me Hagrid introducing Harry to who Voldemort is and what happened with his parents and so some snippet of that conversation maybe where like you don't see that Hagrid's talking because we're not introduced quite yet to Hagrid's face like we don't know who he is but something that's like alluding to that conversation that is going to happen so that's my that's my end credit scene for episode two I was just thinking that you're to like, not to like change your idea or anything, but I think it would be a little bit funnier. (laughs) I think it would be funnier if the end credit scene was like a a snippet of the Dursley's house, just full of letters. Like this is what they get to come home to. (laughs) That would be really funny. This this is what they get to come home to. Like kind of scenario. (laughs) Just house. Like the house has got letters piling out of the windows and, yeah, I'm like Mrs. Fig or somebody like walking yeah. past the house and you're there kind of just like, okay. I actually really <laughs> like that idea. Thanks for changing my idea. Even the way I yelled at you. <laughs> I'm sorry. I won't no, do no. it again. I promise. No, it was good. I wrote it down because I thought it was really good. Okay. Um, so for episode three, okay, I put this is both dramatic and comedic because I think we can have both elements for this one. And I put that this is going to be Keeper of the Keys and then the first half of Diagon Alley, of the chapter Diagon Alley, which is leading up to the Leaky Cauldron scene and then ending at the Leaky Cauldron. Um, so for the Keeper of the Keys, I think there it's it seems like it should be sh- short because it's just Harry talking or Hagrid talking with Harry about you know, it's just that conversation, but I actually really like those episodes. Again, I don't think that Max is necessarily going to do this, but I like those TV show episodes where it's just like a, a really good, thorough, long conversation between a couple of people. I think that you can do a really good job making that captivating. And yeah. I think that obvious, I don't think, I know that everything that Haggard is introducing to Harry in this chapter is huge. Like this is like world changing literally for Harry. And so um, I think it would be really cool to see, you know, a full episode of this. And then rather than the episode ending, because I do feel like in the book, it's really weird how the episode ends with that conversation. And then they like wake up and they're still sleeping in the um, 
they're still in the hut, you know? And then the Dursleys are gone. Like, where did the Dursleys go? And then Hagrid and Harry leave. Like, I remember when we were breaking down yeah, this yeah, episode, yeah. it was like kind of weird. So I think having all of this be together and, um, you know, all the way through, like in the boat, the conversation when like Hagrid is just reading the paper and um, Harry just, he knows that he's not supposed to talk to an adult who's reading the paper, like all of those little details, you know, I think those are really cute. And so having that and then going all the way to when they go to Diagon Alley and then maybe ending when Hagrid um, taps his umbrella on the bricks and then it like starts to move and then the mm-hmm. episode ends. And for the end credits, I want to see something comedic with a Diagon Alley shop worker. <laughs> yeah. We have no context yet for like any of the Diagon Alley stuff. So I think something like that would be funny. Okay. And then episode four, uh, totally comedic. Um, it's the second half of the Diagon Alley. Well, I guess like this, whatever, after the Leaky Cauldron. So the rest of the Diagon Alley episode. Um, and I want to see, I mean, again, Max is not going to do this, but I want to see like the magic there. And Max is going to do a great job of showing the world and how magical it is and having like incredible production value in that way. But I also want to see office style interviews with the Diagon Alley shop workers, um, interviewing the kids and their parents, like interviewing the kid, the random kids that are all at Diagon Alley, like asking them, are they going to get an owl this year? What's their animal that they're going to get? And like, what's their wand made of? And like all these cute little 10 to 11 year olds, or I guess they'd be 11 year olds because they got their letter, like all of them talking about like, my wand is made of this. And like, here are my books that I got. (laughs) Like, I think that that would be really cute to to see all of that. Although this could be a spinoff series that's called Diagon Alley and we could just shift it over to that if we wanted. Um, But I do think that we could do, uh, we have a lot to work with, with Diagon Alley and this could be basically a full episode just by itself. So that's my episode four. And then my episode five is the, um, the journey from platform nine and three quarters. So I think that wait, what was the end credit scene for? Right. So, so I think my end credit scene, the only thing I could really think of would be maybe one of the Weasley um, recognizing Harry and just like saying like, it's Harry Potter because at this point we don't know that Harry's famous because he hasn't been around anybody in the wizarding world yet besides Hagrid. And we don't know who the Weasleys are. So just like seeing one of the seeing not Ron, but like somebody else, we wouldn't, I mean, we might know that because we know that the Weasleys have red hair, but like, or maybe even one of the other kids, I guess it doesn't have to be a Weasley person. Weasley student. It could be anybody. So seeing one of the students recognize Harry would be kind of like, we don't, cause we haven't been exposed to that yet. So that would be my. Um, But isn't this after the leaky cauldron? Oh, that's right. I forgot that they know who he is. Well, no. No, because I thought that... Did he get recognized in Diagon Alley? Yeah, yeah by Because like, the old man checks, take his hand, and the one lady oh, kept coming back and shaking his hand again. Sorry. I totally forgot the in the Leaky Cauldron. Okay, so then never mind. I don't have an end credit scene. Sorry, everyone. <laughs> and Harry knew that he was famous in the sense that 
Mal- like Malfoy was talking to him, but he was right. like, "Should I tell him who I am?" No, but I then, totally, like, he totally doesn't. Thought about Leaky Cauldron. Okay. Well. Oh well. Then we'll have to. I guess Max will have to just wait for me to come up with something else. <laughs> I mean, it could be something fun about Diagon Alley in of itself, like just another Diagon Alley. Yeah, like little something credit with scene. one of the shop workers, or maybe yeah. everybody's gone and somebody's sweeping the floor in the yeah. middle of the alley. Yeah, they could do something like that, or the um, something I cute. Guess Gringotts. They did a lot with Gringotts. Um, that was more dramatic, so they could do something. One of the dragons. Ooh, ooh, ooh! I know, I know. How about we get? A witch that comes in uh, and orders candy from the candy store and has her little bags of candy. And then she apparates to uh, a, the station and then is like, she walks through the, she walks through train station. She walks to the door and boom, you have the Hogwarts train. Yes. I like it. Yes. I like that. James, you have really good end credit scenes. Wait till you hear mine. <laughs> <laughs> Mine are not comedic though. So mine are James ho- is horrible because I can't even remember what happens in this book. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's not like we do a whole podcast about no, it. I know, right? No, I should not be hosting a Harry Potter podcast. Okay. Um episode five. This one. I actually had this one uh, combined as a couple chapters like the journey from platform nine and three quarters combined with the sorting hat initially. But then as I was like skimming through it, skimming through the book and like reading my highlights and stuff, I was like, I can't, I can't, I just can't do it. I have to have (laughs) this one be by itself because Hmm. there is so much dialogue that happens. And again, so much like stuff that seems kind of small, but is really important for character development. Like, you know, they, when we were talking about this chapter, like Ron excitedly telling Harry about Quidditch and um, Ron and Harry talking about like how Ron was really poor and Harry doesn't judge him for that. Like there's a lot of things about their characters and the bonding between those two that you kind of, they get the point across in the film, but they really cut out a lot of the nuances and because they had to, to make it shorter. So I want to see all of that. I would just want to see like a lot, just a lot more dialogue between those two. But then also um, like at the beginning of that chapter, uh, before Harry gets on to the, the Hogwarts Express, Dudley's freaking out and the Dursleys are all scared of him. And I think that that would be really funny to see. And then um, when they first get like onto the platform and you like they don't have lee jordan and the weasley twins in the film but i want to see that and um just like see more of the dynamic between all of the weasleys when they're all together because there's a lot of funny dialogue between like ron and the weasley twins and then like ron and his mom and stuff so seeing more of that seeing more of just the students interacting with each other in general just like a you know a longer montage maybe of it and then um, more questions from Ron about Voldemort because he he talks to Harry more about that and asks him more questions and um, and then Neville and Hermione on the train and then the Malfoy trio we don't get that in the film so I just want to see all of that and I think that they could actually play this out a lot longer and make it like a really good um, in depth episode and my end credit scene <laughs> I don't love this. 
really but it did make <laughs> me giggle if they did like a dramatic zoom in on the sorting hat smiling or something like that <laughs> but i don't know i don't actually or maybe just like getting this like mcgonagall grabbing the sorting hat or something yeah yeah something like that okay james what ending what end credit do you have for me that's gonna blow mine out of the water no actually i like the i like the mcgonagall getting like the sorting hat because like you just like you can see a cabinet mm-hmm. maybe it shakes a little bit and then somebody opens the door it's in a dark room so somebody mm-hmm. opens the door you see a person like a silhouette of a person walking in mm-hmm. they open up the cabinet door mm-hmm. grab the sword and then turn around yeah. they turn around with the sorting hat and they start walking out mm-hmm. like you don't ha- like it does like it zooms in on the hat so like we still don't see the face of like the character or anything like that yeah yeah but it's just focusing on sorting hat and then it kind of just makes it so that the sort like people like the audience knows that the sorting hat's going to be a big part of the next episode i realized as you were saying that and you're like coming up with this like really cool scene and in my head i'm just like i want to see like the sorting hat just like smirking at the camera and like well and it can still smirk at the camera when you do the reveal but i realized I think what I'm going for is like Shrek, like that style of movie. I think that that's in my head how I want Harry Potter to be. I don't know why that just like hit me that that's obviously it's not. I mean, Shrek's one of my favorite movies of all time, but like obviously it's going to have a higher production value and it's going to be real people and all of that. But I feel like that's actually what I'm going for. I feel like that's what my mind has been telling me. That's the vibe you that you're, you're hitting. Complete opposite. I know. I know. <laughs> we are, but fun. It's fun that we're doing this because, like, there there are really so many directions that they could go. Yeah. With this. Yeah. No, like I can see some of the stuff that you've suggested in the past and now. Like, like I can see them going for that kind of vibe. Mm-hmm. And and I definitely know, like, what Sarah Day might have prepared. Like, I can see that kind mm-hmm. of vibe. Like, yeah. I can see a lot of things, but I think it's most important is just like. Like for me, like you, you're mentioning how I'm like, I'm envisioning like these things, like that's how my brain works is like, I envision how the scene works and how it's playing out. And then like, that's how I want it to like, kind of see I'm envisioning it as if it's right in front of me on a TV screen kind of scenario. Like how would I would like to see this portrayed? And that's kind of why I enjoy entertainment and theater and all that stuff. Cause I want to see how that like how I want to see the words come to life physically uh, and stuff like that makes it fun for me to kind of do that, do that kind of stuff. I guess I just want Shrek to come to life. (laughs) (laughs) Don't they have a musical? I'm sure. Yeah. Like Broadway Shrek. Yeah. Shrek the musical. (laughs) I guess I got to go get tickets. Okay. I was going to say, you got to go to that means. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Chapter six. Nope, episode six. Um, so I put the sorting hat and the potions master together. So sorting hat, this this episode is a cusp for me. I wrote that in because because I could see it going either way, but I for my dream, I feel like it fits better here. Um, for potions master, I want more than a montage of classes of the teachers. I want if they're gonna go comedy style. I want an office style interview again with the professors and with other students, especially again with how like cute the young students are gonna be, like asking them like how are your how is potions class or how is transfiguration and like listening to eleven year olds like talk yeah. to the camera about it. I feel like that would be so cute, so cute. Um, and then tea with Hagrid. I think that that's really important to make sure that that's that 
scene is in the movie or in the show. Mm -hmm. It means a lot for Harry, especially. And I think it means a lot for Hagrid too. So I just want to see all of that. And I think that there is so much, I think we can all agree that there is so much that they can do with showing all of these classes and really um, like teasing that out, you know? And um, the, the end credits, I wrote Filch saying, just Filch's voice saying, sniff around my sweet when he's talking to Mrs. Norris because the next one is the midnight duel and so maybe it just like an image of the or not an image but like a little scene of the cat like moving around and you just hear Filch's voice saying that something like that um, I like it cool okay um, episode 7 I have the midnight duel again see I originally had midnight duel with maybe like one or two other chapters but then as I was reading through it and taking notes of things I wanted to include I was like there's actually so much that happens in this um, chapter and so flying lessons is a big one and so we get that in the film where we get the super dramatized version of Neville being thrown about on his broom like all over the castle so um anyways but we get we get the flying lessons, but it's a little different, but that's okay. And then we meet Wood, and I want that to be comedic when we meet Wood because I think he's very funny, and they make his character really flat in the film, so I want to see a funny Wood. And then the duel itself, which obviously was completely removed from the film, and that's a big deal because there's Neville um, that was cut out. Well, the whole thing was cut out, but I know that if they included it, they probably would have cut Neville out of it. And so that's like a big, like Neville is, you know, starting to like kind of make his way into his character building. And so I want to see that. And then the duel of that whole scene itself. And then, then they see the trapdoor. Um, they meet fluffy, like all of that. Um, I think that they could do a full episode about it. And then for the end credits, Again, I don't know if I really want this, but um, I thought like just like a scene, like a dramatic scene of like the bottom of the troll's feet dragging the club. And so you like just see like this some sort of creature with the club being dragged and you don't really know what it is, but you know it's ominous. So that's what I came up with for that one. No, I like that one, actually. I think that fits that, that fits a good vibe. Yeah. Because then the then the audience is going to be like, huh? <laughs> and they're kind of just like, what is that? And then they get excited about the next episode. Yeah, like you know that something spooky is going to happen. But yeah, in my first draft, I had um, I had written a mysterious figure finding a troll Ooh. as my end credit scene, but I have rewritten. So, <laughs> but I was on the same page there with you. Okay, cool. <laughs> um, okay, for episode eight, I have Halloween and Quidditch together. For Halloween, I said comedic until the troll. Um, so we get the mm-hmm. Nimbus 2000 introduction. We get the first Quidditch lesson. And Wood, I think in this one, right? I didn't write this down, but Wood introduces Harry to what Quidditch is, right? And then he has a Quidditch lesson. Um, so I want to see that because I think it's, I just think it's funny and it's interesting. Well, we see it in the film and I, I don't necessarily dislike what they did in the film. It's just kind of like a little bit too blah for me compared to like you know Wood's characters a lot more um energetic in the book and so I want to see that anyways and then the feast of course and and then the troll of course and then um the and then Quidditch that's got to be 
funny because of Lee Jordan doing his commentating and um, and then the cursed broom. That part's not funny. Um, but then there's also discussion about Fluffy. So this is when Harry starts to get really distracted and all he can think about is like Fluffy and he needs to, well, this happens throughout the series, but he, he obsesses over something and everybody else, by everybody else, I mean, Ron and Hermione are telling him like, you need to stop obsessing over this. You need to just focus on what you what you should be focusing on and Harry like can't get his mind off of it. And um, so I feel like we start to see a little bit of that in this and, you know, the trio are discussing Fluffy because they start to be friends now after the troll. So yeah, I think that, I think even that, like that character building and that world building, I want to see it. And then the end credits, I wrote comedic wizard chess, just like a little scene of something with wizard chess. <laughs> the next one is Christmas when they're, playing chess Mm -hmm. nice i think so the thing for me about that one is that i struggle with the idea of putting halloween and quidditch together because originally that was like one of my things is like oh you could just combine those two episodes but like i feel like halloween and quidditch have just two different vibes and when you're kind of seeing half of an episode be about halloween and the troll and then we move into quidditch like it feels like it's two different tones I know James, and but we already the have tones. Episodes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's, it's just it, it, it's like a conflict of tones, and I so know. the tones. I might solve for this me, for you. Like, I'm right not right now, but when I, I combined these as well, so um, and, and I I explain why you'll have a different approach. Okay, uh-huh. so I'll <laughs> okay. be interested to see I, what you hear, what you say. I, I'll, I'll hold my tongue for just a little bit more, and then we'll see what Sarah Day puts in. Essentially. that's my biggest problem with it well of course because Mm -hmm. i feel like that troll is such a dividing not dividing in like a divisive way but like it's a it is a divider between like this is part of the book up here before the troll and then this is part of the book after here especially because of the trio becoming a trio finally instead of just Mm -hmm. ron and harry you know so i feel like there are so many things about the ending of the troll scene that really separate from different parts of the the characters and so that like i feel like most people's like initial thought is that that would be a divider episode but i ended up not doing that so and i'm i'm actually fine with not doing it but i do hear what you're saying it is a difference in tone so Mm -hmm. you know i guess it is what it is okay um episode nine Mostly dramatic. Okay, so I'm letting go of my comedy bone here for this one. Um, but Christmas decor, I think they did an okay job in the film of like showing kind of the magic of Christmas, but I definitely want to see like more of that. I don't know. I just think it'd be fun. And um, Ron has the gets like kind of starts to have a small tussle with Malfoy, like he wants to fight him. And um, I think that that's important because then they do get in a fight later. They cut both of those out of the film. So I want to see those back in. They're searching for Flamel. Um, I want to see that. And then I really want to see uh, Ron teaching Harry and Hermione about wizard's chess and how to play that. I think like we see a tiny little snippet of it, but not enough. I think that they they play wizard's chess a lot. I think a lot, a lot of students play it. And so I just want to see like how important that actually is, especially because, you know, there's like a whole 
thing for the end of the book <laughs> that has to do with Ron being right. a superstar. And so I want to see. Um, just a side note, I'd love to see students playing gobstones, yes. whatever gobstones is, because they have a whole gobstones club. Yeah. And they don't even like show us anything about it yet. Think, yeah. it, think about gobstones as kind of like a little bit like marbles. Yeah. Wait, I was except thinking like gobstones. Except, go- except the gobstones like uh, apparently they, they squirt a stinky juice at you if yeah, you do right. it right. Yeah. And you're supposed to like spray the other your opponent with like the the stinkiness of it. We need it, to see this. So. We need yeah. to see the gobstones. I think I, yeah, I agree. Definitely. <laughs> anyway, sorry, Migs, carry on. Hold on. <laughs> I've derailed you. Okay, wait, I got really derailed, apparently. Where am I? Okay, wait. Okay, so then um, then it's Christmas, and so I want to see the difference between the Dursley gifts and the Weasley gifts, because, like, oh, we yeah. know that the Dursleys treat Harry like garbage, but we don't, like, like, see how meaningful it is, really, for Harry to receive these gifts from Molly, like, to see the sweater from Molly and stuff. So it's all kind of left up to the audience to just infer that in the film that it's important to Harry but like it's like a really big deal this is the first time he's been given a gift and it's something thoughtful something handmade from from a mother and Harry has never had something like that that he can remember at least you know he only had what 14 months or whatever of that so um I think that oh I just think it would be like so sweet to see the gift opening scene in more with more emotion attached to it, I guess I should say than what we saw before. Um, And then the interaction between the Weasley siblings on Christmas, I think that was like really cute. The Weasley twins were being really funny. Percy was being all pompous and stuff. And so I want to see, you know, a scene with that interaction. And then um, Harry goes to the library at night and finds the mirror. And then he goes back And then he goes back multiple times, you know, to like just by himself. So there actually is a lot that happens in this. Again, like I was thinking that this chapter was going to end up being combined with multiple chapters for an episode, but there's actually a lot that happens in this one. So, um, and the, the mirror of era said, I think they did an okay job in the film with like showing that emotion, but I definitely want to see more of that, especially because Harry keeps going back and back and back and back. And so. Yes, want to see that. And then my end credit scene, I think something with the between Snape and Quirrell having their secret conversation in the Forbidden Forest, but without their faces. So you don't know who's talking. Mm. Something, something about Voldemort and or whatever, you know. Okay. And then um, episode 10. Comedic. Oopsie. Okay. So this one is Nicholas Flamel. And... Um, I originally actually had Nicholas Flamel and the Mirror Bear said into one episode. And then I decided to separate them. Um, so Harry's all sad about the mirror, how he can't go there anymore. And then um, there's more Quidditch practice. Um, they mention Hermione not being able to play chess very well. And that's really good for her. Like, I want to see Hermione struggling with playing, like being able to win at chess. And um, Neville gets the leg locker curse. And isn't that a deleted scene? in the film at one point i think so so we yes it is yeah that's what i thought so i want to see like the whole not i want to just see it not be deleted and then they discover nicholas flamel and i think that the way that they did it in the film was actually really cute but they you know need to make sure obviously they keep that in and then 
Um, Snape is the Quidditch referee and um, Snape and Quirrell have that conversation. And so those last two things were taken out of the film. So they need to add those in. Basically, I want nothing to be cut out from the book. <laughs> and um, so, yeah, I think that that's enough to put into not like a super long episode. I don't think it needs to be a full hour or anything, but I think that that is enough um, to be put into a full one. And then maybe the end credit scene could be one of the centaurs saying Mars is bright tonight or like a group of them like looking up and saying that it's bright tonight, something like that, because that would be like really confusing if you don't know the storyline and you don't know how that would like tie into anything. Um, so I think that might be kind of funny. All right. Episode 11. Um, this is Norbert, the Norwegian Ridgeback. And okay. So this one I wasn't sure about, um, but I also put the Forbidden Forest in here. And so I think that for Norbert, they need to have a studying montage and a checking in on Fluffy montage. Um, but well, those can be together. And, you know, they see Hagrid in the library and then they go to visit Hagrid and they see that, you know, he, he has a dragon egg <laughs> and then um, and then the dragon hatches and then a montage of them helping Norbert and, um, you know, Ron getting bitten and all of that. So and then returning Norbert. And I especially want the letter that Charlie, like Ron writes Charlie a letter and then Charlie writes back and says, love Charlie. Like he is without hesitation. As we talked about when we covered this chapter, like Charlie without hesitation is going to help Ron out, even though he's like, you know, he's his young brother and everything. And he's like asking him to do something illegal, whatever. Charlie's going to do whatever he needs to do because Ron's his family and he loves his family. So I want to see even like a small mention of that um, show up in the show. And then the Forbidden Forest. I didn't even write any specific notes for the Forbidden Forest because I feel like all of that need just, it's pretty self-explanatory, all of that needing to be in there. Um, and then the end credits, I thought could be um, Harry dreaming about Voldemort because in the next chapter, he talks about how, you know, he... Voldemort visits him in his dreams and that doesn't happen with Ron and Hermione. And so he, you know, Harry's getting this increasing stress. And then obviously we are introduced to Voldemort at the, like soon after this. And so I think um, having some sort of dream about Voldemort would be a good end credit scene. Okay. Yeah. And then um, episode 12, my last episode is um, of course going through the trap door. So starting out with like Harry feeling that stress about Voldemort and having the dreams and stuff. And then exam, they're going through exams right now. And so I think that that would be fun to see the pineapple tap dancing across the desk. Um, and just like the stress that the regular students are feeling about that. Obviously the trap door, all of that, we've covered that, that they need to not take stuff out of that Um that whole chapter and then the man with two faces i think that this chapter relatively speaking is actually pretty short and so i think that it could just all be together um mm -hmm. into one episode one long episode for the end and then for the end credits for this going into book two either somebody speaking parcel tongue or just like a scene of the, Ooh. the air beware, like just seeing that on the wall, because no, you, if you, again, if you don't know what this, the story is, you're not going to know what that means, but you know that it's ominous. And so something, something to do with the snake, basically, I think would mm -hmm. or the basilisk, I should say, I think would be a good end credit scene. So that's my, that's my show. 
All right. Good job, me. Wow. Thanks for oh, listening, love everybody. It. <laughs> so kind of maybe expand on that a little bit. Like to me, the if I had to do an end credit scene for the season to introduce the second season, I would want to do maybe something um, with like a Dobby reveal, essentially. So oh, like maybe Harriet, like the scenes at the Dursley's house, like the scene is the Dursley's house and Harry opens up his bedroom window and he sends Hedwig out with a letter to go to Ron and like Ron Hermione and Hedwig's flying and they, and then he just, um, Hedwig's flying basically and he goes in and like lands somewhere, gets the letter exchanged and then he's trying to fly back and as he's flying back, a crack happens and you, you don't really like see the shape of Dobby. Like you don't see him physically, mm-hmm. but like crack. And then all of a sudden something's happening to Hedwig and then like the letter's gone. That's a cute and idea. Yeah. Hedwig goes back, goes back to the house and that's all we get essentially. Wow. I mean, Dobby's my favorite character of all time. So <laughs> I, any tease of Dobby, I'm all aboard, but even yeah. more than peeps. Well, I mean, Peeves is different. He's our mascot. Like, he's just on a pedestal. But, yeah, um, Dobby is Dobby is my man. I'm a Hufflepuff, and he is the most loyal creature ever. That's So true. how can I not love that's, Dobby? Yeah, that's true. Well, um, mine's a lot darker. <laughs> uh, I don't have – there can definitely be some comedic scenes. We need that comedic break, but um, most of my end credit scenes are like mysterious and dark, um, which I'm not really a dark person. So I'm surprised I went with this, but I think um, because the books get so dark later on as we all grew up that that's just kind of how I went, even though this one is like so cheery and fun and bright, Um, but getting into it, Episode one is, of course, chapter one, um, and it will be called The Boy Who Lived after its chapter. And yeah, basically everything is written in the chapter. And I might want to see a few shots of the stuff going on at the house, um, at, at the Potter's house, um, kind of teasing, not really giving anything away until Haggard McGonagall and Dumbledore show up at the Dursley's doorstep and explain like these scenes that we've been seeing throughout the episode, but cutting the Vernon's day-to-day life with the wizarding world. Um, Not just what he's seeing, but what's going on behind the scenes with um, the professors and, and baby Harry. So um, essentially, then, like you see the Potter House, and then like it explodes. Like, <laughs> is that what you're not talking necessarily about? the explosion, but maybe the aftermath, like a destruct, a, a destructed, a, dest- a destroyed house, <laughs> um, the baby. You know, big giant hands picking up a baby, but not all of this at one time. Like, just glimpses of what's going on, and then um, after Vernon is asleep, and they come to the house. And they're talking about what happened. That's where we piece together all of the little glimpses we've seen throughout the episode. Because it is called Harry Potter after all. And this Mm -hmm. first chapter, you know, you don't see 10-year-old Harry at all. So 
just to kind of pull him into the episode a little bit more. But otherwise, exactly how the chapter is written. And then the episode ends with Harry at 10 years old opening his eyes. And that's where we cut to black. Um, and then the end credit scene is sort of a spirit, which we would know to be Voldemort, finds Nagini. And that's all um, because he attaches to Nagini to survive, I believe. So episode two is called Letters from No One. And it's actually chapters two and three, which is the vanishing glass in in Letters from No One. And the episode will open with a montage of the past 11 years. And the montage ends with the scene that we saw in the last episode of Harry opening his eyes. And he's 10 years old and it's Dudley's birthday. And then we'll spend 10 to 15 minutes at the zoo. But the rest of the episode is going to be all of the letters coming and the slow uh, descent into madness of Vernon. And then they go to the hut. All of that, all of that stuff that's from the chapter. Um, and then we end the episode with a bang at the door. And then the end credit scene for this episode is a mysterious figure finding the spirit of Voldy or whatever that looks like. The spirit of Voldy. I love it. <laughs> Episode three is called Diagon Alley and it's chapters four and five, which is the keeper of the keys in Diagon Alley. Um, again, just 10 to 15 minutes of the scene at the shack um, and Hagrid filling Harry in on everything. And then the rest of the episode is the world building of the Leaky Cauldron and Diagon Alley. And then the end credit scene is actually Hagrid giving Dumbledore the package um, and maybe a short mysterious conversation about what it is or maybe like talking about the break in or something. Ooh, I like that idea. Episode four is called The Potions Master and it's actually chapters six, seven, and eight, um, which is the journey from platform nine and three quarters, the sorting hat and the potions master. Um, and yeah, this is just a life at Hogwarts. This is world building. This is character development. This is everything from the train to the first few days of classes. Um, lots of, um, lots of conversations, learning these characters and their personalities, learning the classes, learning about the professors, just, Hogwarts. Um, and of course, the main meat of this episode is going to be towards the end, and it's going to be Snape's potion glass. And then the end credit scene <laughs> is actually something we don't really see until the last book. Um, but it's when Harry goes into the pensive and he sees way back when Snape talking to Dumbledore about how much. Um, Harry reminds him of James and how he basically hates him. Um, and it's going to be that conversation that mm -hmm. we're going to see again in season seven Ooh, I like, or eight. I like that. Hmm. I like the idea of doing that like extra foreshadowing. Yeah. And it's the, like, he's, you know, he's just like his father, he's arrogant, all of that. Um, like I just want to see, and then that kind of brings it full circle. Um, Episode five is called Quidditch. <laughs> and I did originally just have chapter nine 
by itself, but I couldn't I couldn't make other things work. So I combined 9, 10, and 11, and it's called Quidditch because we start with the Quidditch lessons, and then we end with the first Quidditch match. Um, but this is the friendship episode, okay? So first of all, we're not leaving out Neville <laughs> at all, but um, this episode is really about the development of the friendship of the trio because in chapter nine there's a lot of tension between the three of them and then in chapter 10 that's when they decide they're going to be friends because they save each other and they fight off a troll together and then in chapter 11 Hermione proves their friendship by saving him from the broom so This is all about, you know, act one, the midnight duel, the tension, act two, Halloween, they become friends, like I just said, and then act three, solidifying their friendship. And then the cliffhanger of the episode is at Hagrid's hut when Harry discovers that the break-in at Hogwarts, or the, sorry, the break-in at Gringotts happened on his birthday, which is when they were there. And he makes this connection about the package that Hagrid received. Okay. The end credit scene is the spirit of Voldy yelling at a mysterious figure. Not really yelling. You just you see this mysterious figure kind of kneeling, um, and you just hear a voice, uh, the voice of Voldemort saying, "You screwed up," you know, um, because we all know Halloween was he was trying to get the stone at that point in time, and he failed. So it's kind of the repercussion of that failure. Okay. And that is the um, not that we have a mid-season break, but that's kind of the mid-season finale. Interesting. Thank you. <laughs> okay, episode six is chapter twelve. This is called the Mirror of Erised. Of course, this is the mid-season opener. It's a happy Christmas episode. We're and then we are searching the library and finding the mirror. I want it to be all three days. Um, And I do want to see that change. I know that we talked about when we covered this chapter of the first half of the chapter is your iconic Christmas episode, holiday episode. And then the second half is very dramatic and dark. Mm -hmm. Um, So I do want to see that shift in tone. Um, But and um, yeah, so I have that as one episode. And the end credit scene is Dumbledore with the mirror. And the package. It, we still don't know it's the stone. It's still covered. It's still wrapped up. But he's at the mirror. And I really kind of want to embody this scene from Fantastic Beasts. I forget which sequel it is. But um, the beautiful Jude Law looking at the mirror and seeing Grindelwald in the mirror. Yes. Um, we don't need to see what's happening. But that kind of tone and feeling of him looking in the mirror just holding the stone um Mm -hmm. which is essentially he's putting the stone into the mirror but i kind of want to get that like what is he seeing yeah 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 i like that idea um because it's certainly not socks right (laughs) no i think that that would be really cool to like get a little glimpse inside of his head Mm -hmm. and maybe jula will just show up i mean i would yeah love that i loved him as dumbledore but he was great as dumbledore um, yeah we're gonna talk about our ideal cast later (laughs) (laughs) episode seven is chapter 13 nicholas flamel we're back to school after the holiday break 
We're still looking for Flamel, maybe a montage in the library of the three of them looking through all the books and stuff. Um, more just day-to-day classes, Quidditch stuff. Um, I do want to see the incident with Malfoy cursing Neville. And then we cut to the trio looking for um, Flamel. And then Neville stumbles in. And that's when we get the whole chocolate card and all of that. Oh, yeah. So we just, um, you know, just conversations about the stone, planning for the upcoming Quidditch match. Again, just some like day-to-day life stuff. And then I do want a good look into the Quidditch match. And then the episode ends, of course, with the Snape and Coral conversation. And that would be the episode cliffhanger. We do get an end credit scene still with uh, the unicorn and a shadowy figure kind of coming up to the unicorn and killing it. (laughs) Episode 8. It's called The Forbidden Forest, (laughs) and it is chapters 14 and 15, um, which is Norbert, the Norwegian Witchback, and The Forbidden Forest. Uh, So this is all about dragons and detention, Uh, about half and half. So the first half of the episode is that. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Detention Um, and dragons. Detentions of dragons. <laughs> um, so the first half of the episode, of course, is the Norbert chapter. And then the second half of the episode is the Forbidden Forest. Maybe even shift that to like 20, 80% or 30, 70%. Uh, because like you guys both said, I really want a lot of the Forbidden Forest stuff. I want the centaurs. I want Mars is Bright Tonight. I want all of that. And then um, we do end the episode with Harry finding the cloak. And again, that's our episode cliffhanger. Our end credit scene is Dumbledore folding a package and writing the note um, with a little mischievous grin. Because I do think that Dumbledore knows what he's doing and wants Harry to kind of go on this adventure. Um, We have seen in future books that he is a mastermind, especially when it comes to Harry and kind of manipulating him uh so i think that i want to see that kind of start to play out here in this end credit scene episode nine is my penultimate episode it covers chapter 16 and it is called through the trap door i want to see all the tests and i want to see the episode end just like the chapter sort of um because the chapter ends any um, with him stepping through the fire, and then the next chapter opens up with him saying "you." But I want this episode to him. I want him to come through the fire, and he says "you," and then it cuts to black. And I don't want an end credit scene here because I want that just to be the cliffhanger leading into our season finale, episode ten, which is chapter seventeen, of course, "The Man with Two Faces," um, and the episode will be called that as well. Again. Exactly like the chapter. Don't leave anything out. I want to see that platform scene. Um, I think that, again, we talked about it, What we, how we can see that all, and then Harry driving off and him smiling. I think that's a great way to end the chapter, or I'm sorry, the episode and the season. And then um, the end credit scene, of course, is going to be Lucius with the diary or grabbing the diary. Ooh, that's a good one. 
I think we talked about it, unless I yeah. jumped that. No, I remember that. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. cool. I don't know. I've forgotten I don't know it who... up until this point, but mm-hmm. now that you said that, I was like, oh, yeah, that was a I thing. love that so much. So, although I do love the Dobby end credit scene, um, but I really think um, – Lucius grabbing the diary is a really good. They could do a mid credits and an end credit scene. There you go. Oh my gosh. There you go. <laughs> Got it. The mid credits is Lucius, and then the end credits is is Dobby. Sorry, I sped through my season a little bit um, because I know it's like I'm super embarrassed by how long I took, and then you were able to <laughs> no, no, no. make yours. Well, way don't because. don't forget that I spent a, the first recording's thirty minutes long, so I spent a good chunk of time. I feel like mine was over talking too. I feel bad. All the listeners are going to be like two times well, speed. Let's get through this. Right. Well, you guys already like covered everything that's in the chapter, so I don't think that I needed to do that again. So I'm just saying this episode covers this chapter. Bam. Moving on. But yeah, my my tone is a lot darker. Um, and honestly, and I just want it to be as accurate way. as possible. I like I think mm-hmm. that no matter what, it's going to be it's it's so interesting. It's going to be really great. And what's really cool is the three of us have read these books. How many times listen to the audiobooks? Mm-hmm. How many times? And the difference between the three of us and how we can interpret, interpret it. it and create a show out of it it's crazy and then i'm sure people who are listening are millions of listeners who are all coming up with ideas <laughs> for the show like everybody has their different tones and their different way that they would break it down and it's just really cool to see how like we've read these books like hundreds of times and have like still come up with wildly different ways that the show can be produced yeah most definitely Though I am convinced that a 10 episode season is way better than an eight episode season. So. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. And then what did you think about the combining chapters 10 and 11 with the difference, the, the different tones? I'm fine. Well, you actually didn't really go into that a lot. Um, so basically. Yeah, explain yourself. <laughs> it's the friendship episode. And so basically this entire episode is the arc of their friendship building. Um, And we start with all this tension, then they become friends and then they prove their friendship at the Cridditch match. So it's basically Hermione becoming, you know, entering this friendship. She's the one that has all the tension and the hatred um, at the beginning with the um, midnight duel. Then they save her. Then she proves her friendship. Uh, Interesting. I feel like that could be, if it if it's done well, it could be played off really mm-hmm. well. Listeners, I wish you could see James thinking with his wand. He has his thinking wand. <laughs> <laughs> I have my thinking wand. I am intrigued now that I want to kind of maybe thoroughly do my own in credit scenes. <laughs> I think that would be hilarious. I've now been convinced now that I've actually done a few myself. James, come up with your end credit scenes and then record a video of you sharing with us with the world what your end credit scene are and we can put it on social media it could be the end credit scene of our <gasps> podcast episode <laughs> <laughs> i love it it's great <laughs> well i definitely think it was fun and i definitely think that this it, it was enlightening to kind of see the differences in our mindsets and all that stuff I do, uh, I, I do think 
that it kind of, I do think that it shows that, that the people, the creative people behind this are going to have a bajillion ways of being able to do this well and yeah, do it that a lot of people would like it. Cause like, honestly, like even if they didn't do it the way that I did it, I still would like the versions that YouTube put put out. And so Mm -hmm. the fact that it still feels like, like no matter the structure, no matter how many episodes, no matter how long the minutes are, like you could, it, it shows that you still have the ability to make a good TV show out of this book. And give everybody like a little bits of here, give people new things, like mix it up a little bit. Like there's a lot of potential that could be done in every genre of every type of thing. Have a little bit of horror elements, have a little bit of uh, darker tones, have a little bit of comedy, have some drama, like, like you could fit almost anything and everything into this and it would still be, like it would still have a very good thorough line of, of stuff. And so that makes me excited for what they actually will do. Mm-hmm. Um, even if it's not our ideas, which, you know, that's part of me. <laughs> well, like we gave them a little plenty. Bit. <laughs> yeah. And at the end of the I day. I will also I- put in, sorry, uh, but I also put in, hey, if anybody listens to this and actually uses some of our ideas, you better put us on contract that we came up with those ideas yeah we need some uh royalties or yeah residuals i'm a little um nervous about putting our ideas out there because i'm afraid they're gonna get stolen but folks you heard it here first yeah this what's today's date it's august 24th (laughs) 2023 (laughs) so if when the season comes out and something happens exactly the way we've described it in the past on any of our episode podcasts, we'll know that one of point, our listeners is a snitch. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, we're watching. Insulting our listeners. <laughs> once again. <laughs> once again. Um, I think at the end of the day, the three of us came up with such different ideas and it was great. And we've, We've already covered the entire first book and what we wish we would see. And even if it's eight episodes, that's still six more hours of content that we're going to get. Um, so I think it's going to be great to see more in general, you know. Agreed. Well, thank you for causing havoc with us today. Be sure to send in your feedback and let us know what you think about our breakdowns. Next time, we'll be doing something I am super excited about. We will be comparing our fan casting choices. James, where can people find you? You can find me at James M. Beltran at TikTok or Instagram, either one. And uh, yeah, you can get to see what I do over there. Meegsy, where can we find you? You can find Meegsy uh, mainly on Instagram at Megan, M-E-G-A-N underscore Lachowski, L-A-C-H-O-W-S-K-I. And from there, you can find all my other projects. And you can find me, Sarah Day, on Instagram at Captain.McD. That's M-C-D-E-E. And then just like Meegs, my other projects are linked there as well. Don't forget to follow Peeves Gabfest on Instagram and TikTok and subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen. And if you can leave a five-star review, please do. If you have any feedback 
for us, please leave us a voicemail at 409-422-3378. That's 409-GAPFEST. Or you can email us at peevesgapfest at gmail.com. Also, come on over and join in the discussion in our Facebook group. We're having lots of fun over there at facebook.com slash group slash peevesgapfest. Until next time, Mickle Firsties. Mischief managed.